Live. The question is, how's it going to go? This is the Rich Eisen Show. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. We're kind of like the number one overall pick. The Cincinnati Bengals select Rich Eisen, Chris Brockman, Mike Del Tufo. I'm into it. I don't know about that. The Rich Eisen Show. And now, sitting in for Rich, here's Dan Schwartzman. Saints 23, third and three, booking the gun. Shotgun snap, fakes the handoff, line drive throw, deflected, and intercepted on the far side. 20, 10, 5, touchdown! Took it in. It was Nick Needham who got it on the ricochet. The ball deflected, and Needham takes it the other way on a pick six. And the Dolphins on top, six to nothing. I mean, that's a terrible feeling, throwing a pick six, you know, in your debut. I don't I don't even, I've thrown one pick six in my life, so that was, that sucks. So that's, that's my second one. So that's, a, that's not what you want. I mean, I don't have a good answer for you on that one. It sucks. Just got to forget about it. And I did, you know, I, it was a nightmare. Went to the sideline and just com- completely got it out of my mind because that's what I got to do, honestly. So I forgot about it. Kevin Harlan with a call on Westwood One. Monday Night Football 20-3, to the Dolphins over the Saints. Ian Book explaining... Afterwards, what happened there and the feeling he had, the rookie fourth-round pick out of Notre Dame making his NFL debut in that ugly loss for New Orleans. Hour 3 of the Rich Eisen Show, Dan Schwartzman filling in for Rich on a Tuesday. And the news coming out now from Indianapolis is Carson Wentz has been placed on that reserve COVID-19 list. He is unvaccinated, one of the guys that we know, which means congratulations to you, Art. He will not be playing Sunday oh. in a very important matchup against your Las Vegas Raiders. Congrats. You'll face Sam Ellinger, it looks like. Darius Leonard also is out for that game as well. So two of the top players for the Indianapolis Colts will not be playing against your Raiders. Let's get more into this. Our good friend Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com joining us. Chris, first off, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you and the family. How are you, my friend? I am doing well. Happy holidays uh, to you and all your listeners as well. Doing well and busy time of year with bowl games and the playoff stretch. And uh, we're heading towards the playoffs in the NFL. But all is good. That's good to hear, Chris. Let's get to the Colts with that news. Pretty devastating. Uh, you know, they're 9-6. and six. They control their own destiny. They may just have one win enough, even with the loss of Carson Wentz, to make the postseason without winning out. But how devastating is it to lose Carson Wentz and possibly be turning to Sam Ellinger through these last couple of weeks, at least for one game against the Raiders? Well, it's definitely tough. There's no question about it. They're going to have to run the football, which is what they do anyway, play good defense. And, you know, Sam is like, you know, any young quarterback that he's going to have his struggles. And, you know, what you want is to make sure that you protect the football. You're going to have to play very well, uh, play good football around him to not put him in harm's way where you can't put, you can't get behind in a game like this. You can't, um, you know, uh, force the ball. You've got to go with high percentage passes, the run game and really good defense, you know, capitalize things in, in the, the kicking game. So it's, yeah, it's definitely, definitely going to be a challenge. And it's one that's very frustrating this time of year, you know, whether it's bowl games or whether it's playoff stretches, you don't know who's going to be playing. And, and it's just, it's, um, you, you know, you, you hope that this doesn't have an effect. It's, it's having an effect right now with teams that are, 
essentially what we have going on in the NFL is the playoffs to get into the playoffs. And I'm, you know, concerned that we may have key matchups compromised come playoff time because of this this COVID mess that just uh, doesn't seem to want to go away. No, and, you know, looking at the Colts team, assess Carson Wentz for me this year. Statistically, the numbers seem pretty good, but when I watch him play, sometimes I think to myself, is he afraid to take a chance down the field? Is he really a difference maker on this team? How has he been in your mind? He's been inconsistent, and one of the things he's done is he's made some, I think they've they've probably put the fear of God in him to not take too many chances because one of the things that he's done is take, taken some foolish chances and turn the football over. And this is, again, just kind of we talked about with Ellinger, and this is certainly the case, I think, with Wentz. But Wentz is certainly capable of making plays if they need him to make. But it's the, it's the foolish mistakes where he will try to create something that's not there that puts him in harm's way where they're turning the football over. And I think this team is, is a very interesting team in that they, when, when, when fully constructed and fully healthy and everyone's available, they can run the football, play good defense, which is tough to play, a tough team to play against on playoff time. And I think Carson is very capable of making enough plays in the passing game. It's just the plays that's not the plays that you make this time of year. It's the plays you don't make. And um, so he's been inconsistent, and it's the one thing that I would say, is that going to be a – are you going to have good Carson or bad Carson? Because if you have the mistake prone, that's going to be an early exit from the playoff. If you're if you're able to, you know, get good, consistent, smart play from them, this team has got some ability to, to cause some problems for people. Chris, you mentioned, uh, you know, you're afraid that we may have matchups in the postseason where teams are not going to be – healthy or have guys playing that wouldn't be starting because of obviously COVID. We had that with the New Orleans Saints yesterday where Ian Book is essentially their fourth string quarterback and he looked that way, uh, you know, during the headlights type of rookie yesterday. You know, you of course also rate college guys coming out. I never, look, I watched a lot of Notre Dame football. I thought Ian Book was a, a good college quarterback. I didn't think he was a big NFL talent. Where did you have him rated in terms of abilities and what you saw from yesterday, is that kind of what you expected? Yeah, it was what I expect. First of all, he, he wasn't drafted high. I mean, he was drafted down as a down-the-road guy. So he wasn't right. somebody that was drafted, you know, uh, really high with a lot of expectations. There was no expectation of him ever starting this year. Um, but that's where we are in this situation. What's more important is not – how he played it's just that they don't have their offensive line is out I mean they have no he had he didn't even throw to any of the receivers because they've had guys out they couldn't even practice yeah. so he's not even throwing to any of the receivers until like a little bit on Friday um so you're you've got a mess of a situation um you can't really evaluate him on that game although I didn't have a great evaluation on him. I don't think he's a starting caliber quarterback in this league. That is, has nothing to do with the performance last night. I mean, it was you, in order to evaluate a quarterback, you have to have him get some reps with the first team and enough practice, none of which he had. That was a disaster waiting to happen uh, last night. And quite frankly, as we saw it, uh, once the Dolphins got the pick six, it was – you know, unlikely that the Saints were going to score 
at best more than 13 points, if that, and they couldn't even get to that point. So uh, that game pretty much went as I expected last night, with with not because of the in book, but because of the in in that situation with two starting tackles out. You've got you know uh, injuries in the interior of the offensive line. I mean, you've got a lot of missing pieces. It was going to have to be a defensive shutout uh, for them to have any chance at all. Chatting with our buddy Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com here on the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Schwartzman filling in for Rich on this Tuesday. First off, Chris, happy uh, 21st birthday to you today. Big news. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was his 21st. Yeah, 21st in uh, time, times a few, but thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Did you go out and celebrate? You know, you can go to the bars now legally. Have a good time, yeah, Chris. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. It's been a while there. No, I just uh, doing what I do. Unfortunately for me, with December 28th being your birthday, there are always bowl games going on, regardless what day of the week it is, because it's true. always between that that Christmas and New Year's. So that's what uh, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Imagine that. Uh, what you doing <laughs> on your birthday? Watching football games. Well, that's what you do every day, Landry. Yeah, that's that's true. That's right. Oh, what you tell tell the person it's my job. You know, <laughs> that's exactly right. That's when I would start dating right. a woman, I'm like, I got to watch sports. It's my job. It's the greatest that's line exact. you can use. Got to right? do that. Yeah. Look, I got to do it. Don't want to do it. Got to do it. Got to so do it, right. Notes, gotta... Bring your notepad with you. Pretend you're taking notes. you got to do all that. Make it look Got to make a living. Chris, you know what? Age is just a number, and we see that in the NFL with Tom Brady at 44, playing at a high level. Aaron Rodgers is 38, potentially going to win himself uh, another MVP. You know, it's a debate I have mentally in my head because I have nothing better to do, to do in life. But while Tom Brady's the GOAT because he's got the rings, right? He's got all these great – he's got so many rings, it's ridiculous. Statistics are there as well. But if you were going to construct a quarterback today, right, is Aaron Rodgers, in your mind, in terms of skill set for a quarterback, the best quarterback you've ever seen? He's certainly up there. I, I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment. I've seen a lot of good wins. I mean, you're joking about my age, but, I mean, I I scouted Elway coming out. I scouted a number of guys. But to your point, the athletic traits are different today than when I started scouting, you know, way back in the early eighties. Um, I would say that it's about as good as any, I mean, you could take a guy like Mahomes today and that would be a, I mean, he has just freakish athletic ability, but nobody throws it any more accurately on the move than Aaron Rodgers. I mean, yeah. Mahomes does incredible things. I mean, he does like, you know, just the, I mean, what I call the Kent to Colby throws. You remember Kent to Colby? Yeah, of or course. Remember, you know, yeah. the sidearm. Okay, I, I don't know. Twins I know. reliever. Well, you're yeah. younger than I am. You know, but, but, I mean, he threw that where the, his arm nearly touched the mound. I mean, he can do things that are even a little bit more acrobatic than Aaron Rodgers. But what Aaron does just is phenomenally accurate. Uh, he's really, really good. Um, he's certainly be on the short list of unique guys. And, Look, you know, what's amazing is a couple of things you talk about the ages. They they take care of their bodies differently. Yeah. You know, I mean, they just they really do the nutrition and everything and the money they make. They can get the personal nutritionist and all that. And then they don't hit them. You can't hit those guys. I mean, you just can't do it. I, I kid all the time. I mean, you look at the old people don't believe me, but they're pitches to prove it. But like if you go Super Bowl one and Super Bowl two. You got the day. You got like Lynn Dawson on a on a wooden bench, 
it at halftime smoking a cigarette. I mean, that literally happened. That's what happened in those days. Yeah. Now it's just like the 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 body's the temple. They everything you know. You just can't have anything with any fat. I mean, they just do things, and then with the ability to just hey, you you stay in the pocket, you you're not going to be hit. So I I think he's he's got the toe injury, but you can't hit him in the pocket. And, you know, he doesn't move a whole lot out of out of the pocket unless he has to. And so I yeah he's. It's unique to be able to do it as long as they can do it. Brady's that's why Brady's lasted because he's done all those things to protect his body and then he doesn't never get out of the pocket and you can't hit him in the pocket. Oh so it's like as long as yeah. the arm doesn't go, he might do this. Literally he might do this to his fifty if he wants to. But you know what, Landry, the other aspect of Aaron Rodgers is I just think in terms of mental capacity and football IQ, I don't think there's anybody smarter on the football field. And this is why I say that. I I try to watch as much Aaron Rodgers as I can. I couldn't tell you the last time he threw a football, I said, man, I can't believe he threw that. What's he looking at? You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes you watch a guy, you're like, oh my goodness, what's he seeing out there? Why would he throw it into that double or triple coverage, right? Landry, you, you do nothing but watch football. How often do you watch Aaron Rodgers and say to yourself, why would he make that throw? No, I, I don't. I mean, he's good. Now, I will say, you know, there are other guys that I've seen mentally that can match what he does. I mean, Brady is one, yeah. Manning. There are a few like that. But the the thing that Aaron has that those guys don't have is Aaron can move and slide, and he can get to more throws that those others, those others can't. Those others only can get to that point with a quick release. Aaron can release it quickly, or he can hold it, extend it, and throw it on a move that the others couldn't do. So he's got the the total package. That's why he is unique in that he's got the cerebral part that's really only very few can match, and then he's got the athletic ability that only a few can match, and you combine all that, it's, it's it's really incredible. Yeah, I mean, I think he he protects the football better and doesn't force it, say, like his predecessor, Brett Favre. Um, yet he makes throws that you say, oh, my goodness, how did he fit it in there? I mean, he just yeah. and he's better at that than, than Favre is. And um, maybe not maybe not as uh, – well, I, I think he's just as fun, personally, in terms of his ability to make – ridiculous throws but in terms of decision making and accuracy and and ability to extend plays and get it there accurately he's he's really unparalleled there now what we got to see is you know and that's the perfect example if you can be as good as he is one super bowl you've got to have a good better team around him you got to have a better defense and that's what's held them back it looks like the the playoffs in the nfc are going to go through lambeau but are they going to be good enough? The defense is going to hold up enough. I mean, that's going to be interesting to see. And the 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 credit's going to go unless he wins more titles. They're going to still say great athlete, but probably not fair. But that's the reality. Chris Landry joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show. Make sure to check out LandryFootball.com. Dan Schwartzman in for Rich on Tuesday. Um, last question, Chris, is when you look at the court, and you haven't started, obviously, all your evaluation of the college guys that – should be coming out. But people talk about this quarterback class being far inferior to last year and to most years. Accurate in your mind? 
yes. I mean, you know, the quarterback position's going to be over-evaluated. So when Kenny Pickett moves up and he ends up in a top-10 pick, don't think he's a top-10 overall player. It's, you know, we've talked about this before. We've done draft shows. You know, Josh Rosen was yeah. overinflated because the need for the position pushes players up the board. It doesn't make them a better player. I think a Kenny Pickett, for example, can be really good. I think he can be a Kirk Cousins type of player, maybe slightly better. But Kirk Cousins makes a ton of money. And, you know, a lot of people would like to have him relative to what they have but he's not an elite quarterback. And that's, you know, just the chance on the chance that he might be really good. You know, he's going to be overinflated. Yeah, there's there's not the elite player. The first player taken in the draft is not going to be a quarterback, which is unusual because if you're anywhere near a first-round grade, you're probably going to be the first overall pick, depending on who has the first overall pick in their quarterback situation. I I think there is, but I think uh, – Malik Willis is going to go high, and people are going to say, whoa, wait a minute. This guy's got size. He could throw from different arm angles. People are going to say, man, he might be. And who's to say he can't be? Because you know what? At the same time, while he had great ability, Patrick Mahomes was not the guy that, oh, you got to take him number one. He's great. Now everybody wishes he was, but – you know, I, I still think you're going to have a couple of those guys, and the kid from Liberty is, is one, the former Auburn quarterback, is going to be one that's going to shoot up draft boards. Because if you don't have one, Dan, <laughs> you're going to be consumed to find one because you're going nowhere without one. If you got one, it's no guarantee that you're going to get to the promised land. But if you don't have one, you're guaranteed to not be in that position. I can talk to this guy all day long. You can go to his website. Subscribe, check it out, LandryFootball.com. Great stuff there all the time. Chris Landry, happy birthday. Enjoy the birthday week as watching bowl games left and right, my friend. We'll talk soon. Hey, thank you very much. Happy New Year to you, Art, everybody there at the Rich Eisen Show. Great to be with you. Thanks so much. Awesome stuff, as always, from Chris Landry. Check it out, LandryFootball.com. Great stuff, as always. Dan Schwartzman in for Rich Eisen. Oh, we're going to talk about that Ian Book performance. Hey, look, Chris said it, and he is a guy that uh, analyzes the college guys. He grades draft picks. He was an NFL scout. That's pretty much what I thought of Ian Book, too, coming out. Okay. Didn't think he was an NFL starting caliber type of quarterback coming out of Notre Dame. Not how I envisioned it. I don't think the Saints envisioned ever having to use him, but, of course, COVID changes all that. You know, first of all, you know, during the game, I was having fun. Yeah. Having fun having his first NFL start. Not much fun running around dodging tacklers. Dan Schwartzman in for Rich Eisen. More NFL talk next on the Rich Eisen Show. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop 
from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code EISEN. That's I B O T T A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O O O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. We're back on the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Schwartzman filling in for Rich on a Tuesday. Brian Weber takes over tomorrow for the rest of the week. My old pal Brian Weber. Good to see he's doing well. Again, thank you to Chris Landry joining us on his birthday. That, my friends, is impressive. On my birthday, I probably don't join anybody. In fact, on my birthday, I don't like talking to people. You know what I like to do on my birthday, Art? I have a birthday tradition. You watch You watch Raider games? it's... I don't watch a Raider game. It's the last thing I would do. My wife thinks it's hilarious. I get about 20 hot wings, right? Good and start. And a bottle of champagne. Good. Oh, man. And I eat 20 hot wings, drink a bottle of champagne, and watch a movie. At lunch. And then I still go out at night. That's not bad, right? There you go. Yeah. That's, 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 that's an awesome tradition. birthday. Right? That's actually, I, I started doing that like, I don't know, seven, eight years ago, probably seven years ago. And it kind of, I didn't mean to do it. Like, I had a bottle of champagne. Now, do you drink the same bottle of champagne, or do you, do you try different ones? Hmm. You know what it is, though? Like, when I, I'm not a huge, I'm not a big drinker anyway, right? Like, I like beer. I'm not a oh, hard yeah. alcohol drinker. Absolutely, beer. Yeah. I'm not a hard alcohol guy. I have a good collection. I don't drink it. It's for when people come over. Uh, I have it for that. I do like some wine. I'm not like a wine fanatic like a lot of people are these days. Like, you know, it's a big fad now. I'm not like that. I can appreciate a good wine. You don't get your wine of the month? You're in a one a month club? No, I don't do that. And I honestly, I've had one glass of wine maybe in the last three months, maybe. Give me a good beer every night with dinner. I'm happy with that, you know? And I like to try different ones. Although, the older I get, the lighter my beer gets, I found. I've got two of them for you. I've got two of them for you. Right now? Or... Oh, yeah. No, no. In general, when, when you <laughs> oh, get a chance. Uh, oh, two Oh, okay. Two, br- when, when... two brands of beer that you need to try. Okay. And they're both German, and I think they're Pilsners. Okay. See, I like Pilsners and Lagers now. Bitburger and Warstein. Oh, I've, I've had both. Oh, there you go. 
I've had both. Absolutely. Very good beers. Very no good question beers. About it. I do like the Bitburger more than the Varsteiner, though. Have you had the Radeburger? That's a good one. No, I will try that. That was the original East German brewery, actually. Really? Yeah. Yeah, Radeburger. Very good. But that's the whole thing. Is like when I was younger, I would enjoy like a Guinness or a nice stout or something like that. Something and heavy. As I've aged, right? Something heavy. As I've aged, I've cut out the IPAs. They taste metallic to me, like too hoppy. Right? Don't like those. My beers get lighter. I never so did. I'm, I never was into those those heavy beers. I liked them at one time, but now it's lagers and pilsners, and I am very happy. I'll tell you a good one. The Russian beers are pretty good, actually. Yeah. Which one? Yeah. Well, they're all the same. It's actually a company called Baltica, and they have different numbers. Oh, okay, and the higher okay. number you go, it's very Soviet, right? Like, it's all done by numbers. It's not like, you know, different names. It's very communistic. Very communistic, yeah. Like, it's done by numbers. Like, number one's a lighter one, and that's how it seems to go. Oh, but uh, this is what happens when you marry a Russian woman. Like, you get into this stuff. But, uh, yeah, no, no, no. It's it's the, the Baltica. It's very good stuff, actually. I've been drinking a lot of that. But back to the champagne. No, honestly, like, if you find a good champagne that you like that's, a, you know, not expensive, but it's good, I kind of stick with the same one. So usually every year I probably drink the same one. The okay. same bottle, I good. mean. Yeah, okay. I mean, same company. Because you know what? I don't drink them that often where it's like I get tired of it. This has become the ritual now. So the wife has now played along with this, and she finds it to be kind of amusing. I think it's a great ritual. 20 hot wings and a bottle of wine. Okay, now where do you get your hot wings from? That I try to go different places. Oh, okay, good, good. But here's what I found, though. A lot of the places that claim to be hot wing specialty places usually Now, now when, when is your birthday? September 2nd. Okay, so it's football season, right? Right, well, right yes, around the corner? Right, right, right. When football, it's like... It's usually Labor Day weekend, right? And then football season starts that Thursday usually. Or the following Thursday. So and, it's right there. And college has already started. College has started, yes. And the weather's still nice. So it's a lot of benefits to being a September baby. There you Absolutely. go. Absolutely. Early you September go. baby, yeah. But the hot wings, I honestly find that a lot of times, like, bars that have the reputation of being good food bars have better wings than, than places that claim to be wing specialty places, you know, that have like 8,000 sauces. And I don't, I like meaty wings. I don't like the overcooked. And some people do like that. I'm not a fan of that. I don't like the overcooked kind of crispy wings. Not a fan of that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, are you a crispy wing guy? Or are you more like, uh, give me a nice meaty wing. Nice meaty wing. Exactly. Exactly right. So that's the birthday tradition. I don't know if Chris Landry's sitting there eating 20 wings right now and <laughs> he's, drinking a bottle he's of He's in hog heaven watching all the, uh, the college <laughs> games right now. He's watching Auburn right now, I think. Absolutely. that's what he, Auburn, Houston, I think that's what he's doing. And yeah, it's he, he's the, 13 he's the to guy 10. that enjoys. Auburn just came back, and it's 13 to 10 now. Wow. But he's the guy that enjoys watching the obscure bowl games that outside of hardcore gamblers, no one would really watch unless you went to one of the schools. And then there's Chris Landry who's like, He's breaking happy down a, all the players. He's as happy as a clam, breaking down players, watching obscure bowl, bowl games between, like, you know, two schools that no one, like Utah State versus somebody, you know? Yeah, He's because they, they could that. have an Ian Book on their team. Hey, you know, well, first of all, hope, you know, during the game, I was having fun. <laughs> I was having fun. Love How it. could anybody, I mean, don't, can't you figure this out? He's undecisive in his interview. Look at his questions or his, his responses yeah. to the questions. Yeah, I, I, 
left a little bit to look you know what he is he legitimately is a green rookie and he has that deer in the headlights mentality uh, look right okay now. let me was justin herbert this way no he was not but there's a difference justin herbert was a high draft pick there were expectations that he would play right i mean was yeah, he, he was played he right away because philip was he philip rivers didn't philip rivers retire yeah and then Tyrod Taylor got hurt. Tyrod, Tyrod yeah. Taylor got hurt. Yeah, but it was early. It wasn't like week sixteen, like yeah. come into yeah. the game and 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 do it, you know. And but Justin Herbert also has a much better skill set. That's why it was a high first round pick and not a fourth round pick, right? When you draft a guy in the fourth round, you don't expect him to have to step in and and start. You think there's projectability is what you're doing. Now sometimes you get like a Dak Prescott or a Russell West, you know, Russell Wilson in the third round. And you say, wait a minute, this guy's a lot better than where we drafted him. You know, people obviously misevaluated the guy. With Ian Book, you take him in the fourth round. It's taking a flyer on a quarterback, saying, all right, maybe we can develop him. Maybe he amounts to something. Maybe in a couple of years he'll surprise us and be kind of Kirk Cousins s right. Kirk, yeah, yeah, Kirk but, Cousins, but was you a still want a guy, pick. still want a guy who's like solid on his answers and solid as on his decisions. This guy, you don't know what he's going to do. Well, that was the surprising thing coming from a program like Notre Dame with all the pressures that 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 comes with that. Right, you're the head, you're the you're the quarterback for Notre Dame for crying out loud. That's a big responsibility. That's not some you know minuscule type of accomplishment. That's that's a big accomplishment. That's a resume writing type of deal. That's a big deal. I'm the head, you know, I'm the starting quarterback at Notre Dame for multiple years. I mean, that's a terrible feeling. Throwing a pick six. <laughs> Which he apparently only did once, he said. But the whole point is, I thought he would be a more like I've talked to Brady Quinn in the past, right? And when you talk to Brady Quinn, he didn't have a very good NFL career, but you talk to Brady Quinn, there's there's an aura. There's a confidence. Oh, level, absolutely! Right? You could see him. He's that's why he's a, a um, an analyst now. That's because he's also good looking. Well, that's <laughs> that it. helps too. That, yeah, that helps. He's a good looking dude, you know. But no, you're absolutely right. You're a hundred percent correct. Absolutely correct. He is. He is also a really good analyst, by the way. Brady Quinn's a very good analyst. But bottom line is, you know, Brady Quinn has an aura that when you see him, you say, "Yeah, that guy's a quarterback. He's got the look." Which, by the way, Book does too, but when he talks, he's got that confidence level. There's a swagger to it. I'm not saying it's an arrogance because it's not. Brady Quinn's not an arrogant guy whatsoever. But you know what I'm talking about. There's a moxie to being the quarterback. As Yeah, as an NFL team, that's what I want to see. Right. And Ian Book just doesn't seem to have that. And I don't really remember many press conferences of Ian Books at Notre Dame. I don't think I paid attention to that, but now it's a different story when you're in the NFL and it's kind of, I thought a little disheartening if you are a saints fan and you hear Ian book talking afterwards and you're thinking, Ooh, and actually the last time I had that, I'll be honest with you was Sam Darnold. I talked to Sam Darnold, uh, at the super bowl leading up to him getting drafted. Right. And he came and out early. I think he was a sophomore, he wasn't he? A redshirt sophomore. Yeah. And, I remember, you know, my co-host at the time and my producer, we got Sam Darnold. We interviewed Sam Darnold. And obviously the Jets were part of that suck for Sam. Remember that? Like, lose games for Sam. Oh, yeah, called yeah, it yeah, suck yeah. for yeah. Sam. Because and, because Sam Darnold won, what was it, the Rose Bowl? He did his freshman year. Second year, he threw a lot of picks. But people were like, ah, it's the talent around him. Well, 
It's just that he's a turnover machine. You know, now we know. But the fact was, after interviewing Sam Darnold, I thought to myself, I don't know if he's got the the makeup for New York because he's a soft-spoken type of guy. Right? When he talks, it's not like he talks in this confident manner. It's not like Brady Quinn. He's a California boy. He's a California boy. So, although, you know what? So is Tom Brady. He's a Northern Cali guy, and Tom Brady obviously was different. But there's that killer attitude of Tom Brady's, right? It's a killer be killed attitude. So I think with Sam Darnold, it's more the laid back Cali type of guy. And I honestly did not think the he was playing Southern New York. California. The Southern Cali. Right. Good job. Thank you, Are You're the Cali guy that can break it down for us. Right. The Southern Cali type of mentality, laid back, like everything's okay. Surfer. Beach. No worries. Exactly. Oh, service is slow at this restaurant. Who cares? I'm just relaxing. That type of thing. And I did not think he had it because he did not come across as that type of player, Sam Donald, that is, that spoke with a lot of confidence, which I thought you needed in a place like New York. Well, I think with Ian Book, it's kind of similar. He doesn't come across talking to him or hearing him talk that there's that moxie and confidence that I think a quarterback, especially in today's NFL, needs to have. I don't even – I've thrown one pick six in my life, so that was that sucks. So that's, that's my second one. So There you go. There you have it. And that's 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 Ian Book for you, right? That sucked. Are they going to? I, I wonder. Does he start again? No, I, I'm sure one of the guys will be off the that's COVID got, list, but yeah, still, it's got to be. Or Blake Bortles. Come on. By the way, you know what? Ian Book's only six feet tall. Wow, Isn't that interesting. Like you don't think that any like with with quarterbacks. Who's the shortest one in the in the NFL right now? Well, Drew Brees was. Uh, Russell Wilson is not the tallest guy. Um, by the way, Ian Book's a Cali guy from El Dorado Hills. Oh, wow. Okay. There you go. That's central California, right? Yep. I think that's central. And, uh, he went to high school near Sacramento. Oak Ridge in El Dorado Hills. How about that? Yeah. El Dorado Hills near Folsom. So it's Northern California. Is that where the jail is? <laughs> yes. Yes. Remember Johnny Cash put on that great performance? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <All> right. <laughs> By the way, Book, Book in his four years at Notre Dame played 45 games through only 20 interceptions. Not bad. 72 touchdowns, 20 interceptions. Not a bad ratio. Obviously a little bit different yesterday throwing two. By the way, like an early pick six as well. Ouch. That one hurt. Yeah, that was, and here's that the, was thing. the bun. And I'll tell you something right now. You wonder how that played into his psyche the rest of the game, right? Like, you throw a pick six that early in the game. First drive. Second pass, I think, he threw of the entire game. You get it picked off and run back. You're already down 6 nothing. You wonder what kind of a hit your confidence takes that it, early. He said he, he yeah. said from the soundbite when we'll play it again. He said he erased it from his mind. And here yeah, it but is. I'm not buying that. Though. Here that, it is. That's just. Let's listen to it. I mean, that's let's a listen. terrible feeling. Uh, throwing a pick six, you know, in your debut. I, I, I don't even. I've thrown one pick six in my life, so that was that sucks. So that's that's my second one. So that's a that's not what you want. I mean, I don't have a good answer for you on that one. It sucks. Just got to forget about it. And I did, you know, I, it was a nightmare. I went to the sideline and then just com- completely got it out of my mind because that's what I got to do, honestly. So I forgot about it. He's just being a robot there. No way do you just get that out of your mind. You don't just get that out of your mind. He said the right things. I don't buy that he got that out of his mind. 
The way he played, it showed he did not get it out of his mind. Tough spot, though, for Ian Book coming in there and having to play that game. We'll wrap things up next. Dan Schwartzman filling in for Rich Eisen right here on a Tuesday on The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side, helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature, quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. up on a Tuesday here, the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Schwartzman filling in for Rich. Brian Weber takes over tomorrow for the rest of the week. Always hit us, hit us up on Twitter at Rich Eisen Show. Do want to thank Brian Mahoney joining us in hour number one, talking NBA. He covers it for the AP. Chris Landry joined us. Or hour two, excuse me. Brian Mahoney joined us. Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com joined us this hour on his birthday, by the way. That's a friend right there. We appreciate you joining us as well. NHL continues today. How about that? A whole week off for the NHL season as they try to get their COVID mess under control. They took their Christmas break a few days earlier, and they're still, by the way, one game postponed today, three games postponed tomorrow. And not going to the Olympics. And not, you know what? And, and Brad Marchand of the Boston Bruins today came out and on Twitter criticized the league's decision to opt out of the Olympics. He wrote, quote, the NHL and NHLPA can change the rules of the CBA to add a taxi squad so they don't miss any games and don't lose any money, which has already been agreed upon that the players will pay back in escrow until the owners are made whole from what they have lost during this pandemic, regardless of how many games are missed. Yet they can't do a taxi squad during the Olympics so they can honor the agreement they made so the NHL players can go to Beijing. Please tell me that's not bull beep. And Marchand said the players should have been given the option to either forfeit their pay while competing at the Olympics to make it work. I'm going to have to disagree with Brad Marchand in this instance, and here's why. The NHL does understand that the Olympic Games are a big deal to hockey players. They they do. It's you know, unlike Olympic baseball where the pros really don't go play. It's retirees and minor leagues. Minor leaguers go. 
It's like soccer Olympics. It's a big deal to represent your country and go play other countries. It's truly the best of the best against the best of the best. But this is such an abnormal time, and here's three reasons why I think the NHL is right to not allow NHL players to go. And it's not like they unilaterally made this decision. They went through the union because the participation of NHL players in this Olympics and the one in 2026 are collectively bargained. Here's three reasons why it makes sense. One is they've already missed 70 games have been postponed around the league, and there's going to be more, by the way. How are they going to make up that many games? Either they're going to shorten the season, which will cost them money. You're going to have to. Right. Or you use the three-week break that they had put into the schedule for the Olympics to make them up. Look, everybody wants to make money, right? Players want to make money. Owners want to make money. The league needs needs money to survive. They don't make the revenue of the NFL. They don't make the revenue of MLB. They don't make the revenue of the NBA. So the NHL really can't be affording to give up games. They don't have the TV contract that the NFL has. So, you know, out of all the leagues, the one league that can't afford to be missing games is the NHL. If we're talking a handful of games here and there, fine, but you're talking 70 games right now. That averages out to, what, two and a half games almost per team. It's a lot of games to miss already, and who knows how many more could happen. They have to be made up. Because the league would have to return money if it's not. So there you go. That's one reason. There's that window to make up those games. Two is if I'm an owner and I'm paying, you know, Connor McDavid like $11.5 million and he's the best player in hockey and my Edmonton Oilers are playing good hockey right now and Leon Dreisaitl is playing for Germany. And God forbid my two top players, two of the top five players in this league, get injured playing for their country, in essence, for free, when I'm the one paying their salaries. They get injured playing for somebody else while I'm the one paying their salaries. I'm responsible for paying them. And if they get injured while they're playing for me, that's understandable. But if they get injured playing for somebody else, I'm not cool with that when I invest $11 million a year in a player. So I do understand that aspect. And you see that, by the way, in soccer as well. So that's two reasons why it makes sense. Three is with the um, you know the Omicron variant of COVID. I don't know what the true COVID numbers are coming out of China. I have no idea. You're that's, not dealing with a now. Free, that's a very good point. Right. You're not dealing with a free press in China. No, it's communist. Totally communist. Right. So if people are dropping dead of of COVID left and right, remember. They had these ridiculous, you know, obviously fake numbers when it came to how many people are infected. Remember, China seemingly recovered faster than anybody else. And they claimed that between Beijing and Shanghai, the number of COVID deaths were literally in single digits. It was ridiculous, not realistic. So I don't know what the situation is medically with China right now to where I want to send my players to go play in that country and have to stay there for weeks, regardless of what safety precautions are being taken. I have no idea what to believe. So that gives me cause for pause. I'd be very skeptical about the information that's being released in terms of COVID safety in China. That's unfortunately because they don't have that free press and it's a communist government that controls it all. 
And whatever message they want to send to the world is what they're going to do. And the message they want to send to the world will be a rosy one because they want people to look at them in a good light. And that's why they put on things like the Olympics to show prosperity, how modern the country has become, the wealth of the country, the freedoms of the country, things like that. That's why it's a propaganda tool. So there's the third reason why I wouldn't want NHL players going to play in the Beijing Olympics. I don't know what the health and safety situation is when it comes to Omicron, which, by the way, is decimating leagues where you have 97% of players vaccinated. The NFL had 100 guys, I think, go on the list just yesterday. And they're one of the most heavily vaccinated leagues out there. The NHL is incredibly vaccinated, and they had to shut down because they had so many cases. The NBA, too. Most everybody in the NBA is vaccinated. And like over 70% at this point have booster shots. So, look, Brad Marchand can complain and whine all he wants. And I do understand there's some frustration when it comes to the fact that these guys have been looking forward to playing in the Olympics. I understand that. And I respect the fact that these guys actually want to play for their countries and they care to do so and they want to play best of the best and and represent and get that gold medal. I love that. I love the competitiveness of that. But this isn't just an average year where it's like, okay, we're going to be greedy owners and we don't want you playing. There's a lot going on. Art, am I wrong here? I mean, I think no, for once I, I do totally, have to side with the owners, right? I totally agree with you. I, yeah. It's for the protection of the players, actually. You're right. That's the thing. The Players Association agreed. Why? Because it's obviously to the protection of the players. There's frustration mounting, but my goodness, let's be real, Brad. You're still collecting multi-million dollar paycheck. There's frustration all over this country where we've been locked down. We've been told to do this, do that, and if we do, this is what's going to happen, and here we are, nearing two years. By the way, Saturday, it's going to be January 1st. We started locking down, what, April of 2020. We're nearing two full years. I'm not laying blame anywhere. What I'm just saying is the reality of what we were told, what's happened, and where we currently are. So he can be frustrated because he can't play in Olympics. I think we're all frustrated because we can't just go out and enjoy a Friday or Saturday evening with friends like we used to do. Or at a concert or at a... I'll tell you, great. So my, my wife is, is, is in labor soon. And Congratulations. At the hospital, thank you. At the hospital in New York, right now, they will only allow two people in the, in the room with the, with the, you know, with, with the wife, obviously. So I still have work to do, things to do. So my mother-in-law is there now. Well, we've been told you can't switch people out. So before she is fully committed, the mother-in-law had to leave so that I can actually get in. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Like rather than having, because we're going to have a, like, you know, a birthing person in there as well. But like in terms of like switching out even like, To me, it's you have one person in, meaning at one time, right? So it's the mother-in-law, and then I'm done with what I need to do. I get to go in as well. No, it's just one person, period, in and out. So, you know, Brad, I'm not going to sympathize because you can't go play in the Olympic Games. I'm not going to sympathize when every couple of weeks you're getting a, a very nice, hefty paycheck when a lot of people out there are not. And for once, and I'm not one that usually sympathizes and sides with the ownership side of arguments, because I think owners are greedy. 
I do think the NHL has a point here. And I gave you, I think, three legitimate reasons as to why they have a point here in denying the players from going to play in the Olympic Games, which the Players Association has also agreed to. You got four years. In four years, hopefully this COVID thing clears out to where it's either manageable or completely gone. Well, here's the thing. Marshawn will probably miss his window. Yeah, he's getting up there in age. But, well, isn't that selfish on his part then? No, he's 33. You're right. He's 33. I don't know, you know, 37 in hockey, people are still playing, right? Although he may not be one of his country's best at that point to no, get the invite you know, to play. Well, I, I, there's, there's a selfish motivation on his point. I understand that. But there's a little bit more to worry about than Brad Marchand looking at 37 years old saying, would I make, you know, what, Team Canada, I guess, whatever it would be. Is he Canadian, eh? I don't know. <laughs> I think he is. Listen, if in hockey you have a doubt, start with Canada, right? I think that makes the most sense. All right, I am done filling in for Rich. I have enjoyed my Monday and Tuesday doing so. Brian Weber takes back over tomorrow for the rest of the week. Do want to thank Brian Mahoney joining us in hour number two, talking NBA. He covers them for the AP. Also, Chris Landry this hour from LandryFootball.com. Art Martinez, great job as always. Have a happy new year this Saturday. I'm Dan Schwartzman in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show.